You're listening to a download from the outdoorstation.co.uk. Number five, four, four. Hello and welcome back to the Outdoor Station. This is a continuation of the recycled 2006 10-part TGO Challenge series, which for some reason is missing from the current listing. Sadly, certain voices you hear, such as Andy Howell, Steve Perry and a few others, are no longer with us. 2006 seems like a long time ago now. However, although equipment that people use may have changed, the spirit, the emotion and the adventure the challenge represents will always remain the same. So for those who like long distance trail diaries, enjoy. Switch on your wireless anytime, day or night, and you're bound to hear... Hi, I'm Lorraine McCall, and you're listening to Podcast Bob on his long trek across Scotland. Brace yourself! Backpackinglight.co.uk The UK's first outdoor podcasting show. Minimum weight. Maximum fun. Hello and welcome to this special Backpacking Light podcast 10-part series recorded as part of the 2006 TGO Challenge, sponsored by The Great Outdoors magazine and Berghaus. For those of you who don't know, the TGO Challenge is an organised walk which takes place in May of each year, from the west coast to the east coast of Scotland, which is approximately 200 miles. Set up in 1980, the framework and principle is totally unique. It isn't a race or a competition of any kind. The object is to foster good fellowship among walkers within the framework of a challenging expedition. The start consists of 12 sign-out locations on the west coast, from Torridon in the north down to Ardashaig in the south, and each challenger, solo or group, makes their way via a high route, low route or mixture of the two across Scotland to finish anywhere between Arbroath and Fraserborough on the east coast. There's a set two-week window to do this in, and each participant submits their route for inspection prior to departure for safety and advice reasons. The places, however, are limited to 300, and details about the event, if you're interested, and entry forms and past diaries can be found in the October issue of TGO magazine. Each participant makes the challenge as easy or as hard as they wish. The extremes can be a solitary, remote route, sometimes not seeing another person for days on end, or a route which takes in the many social events, perhaps using established accommodation all the way. Most people do a mixture of the two in different forms. This year, I undertook the crossing with my wife Rose, from Lochilot to Dunatar Castle. As we went, I recorded this audio diary to try and capture the atmosphere and to share our experience and those of the many people we met en route. The 2006 TGO Challenge, Part 5 We finally leave Kingusi Friday morning, fully rested and refreshed. Then we head the long way round, uh, the north end of Glenfeshi, to the top of the Larigaru at the Pools of Dee, where we get stuck in yet another storm. 33.2 kilometres, a climb of 939 metres and a descent of 356. 
Then, on Saturday the 20th, we finally make it down into that well-known flesh pot, The Five Arms, in Braemar, where we interview Caban Chamberlain and Terry Leyland. A distance of 25.6 kilometres, a climb of 352 metres and a descent of 834. But first, in the Bothy Bunkhouse in Kangusi, I ask Barbara Pierce and Susan McGarvey if travelling without camping gear this year had been easy. Not particularly, no, no. Um, it's very rough walking. It's, you know, I suppose it wouldn't be difficult to the old timers, but it's um, it's quite rough walking and it's hard going. And the original our route went up um, up Glen Beesdale and then just over over the top of the um, the rocky ridge to our right. There's no path, obviously. And then down into Glen Mama, and then down to the sheep pens and across the river, and then up on allegedly a path. But the path was very shy, it kept hiding. Nice. And we kept having to look for it, and we never did really find it properly. <laughs> but the weather's been kind. I mean, uh, we've experienced good weather. I presume you've experienced good weather from that, st- that starting point as well? Yes, it was. I mean, we, we ended up in shorts. We changed into shorts. It was, it was sunny, it was warm. But of course, when you stop, the air's quite cold. Mm. So um, it, it was very nice. Yes, it was very nice. When the sun came out, we were suddenly stifled, weren't we? Yes, and we met a lot of other people who were just about to start, weren't we? Then we that night. Well, what, sort of, what sort of miles have we been doing each, each, each day, then? Um, the first day was... Um, on paper, 11. felt quite a lot more, because it was quite rough walking. Uh, and the second day, again, allegedly on paper, 14 and a quarter, but it... Felt more like 25. Yeah. <laughs> that was up Lock Beer Raid, of course, long Lock Beer Raid. And then up out the far end up Glendon and over to Corrie Holly and then right the way down to Glenfinnan. How did you find going over Glendon? <laughs> very difficult. And at the end of a hard day, it wasn't very pleasant. No. I mean, it's beautiful. Unfortunately, at that time of day, you can't really appreciate the beauty of it mm. because you've had a knackering day and that comes, you know, post four o'clock, mm. really. Mm. So, um, I don't think I appreciate it to the full, should we say. Yeah. Is it, I, I know you, you've done it before, Barbara. Have, have you done it before as well, sir? No. Is it first time? Mm. So how, how are you finding it as a first-time experience? Um, it's hard carrying a heavy sack. I've done it. I mean, I do a lot of Munro's. I've nearly done them all and all the subs. Um, and obviously I've camped. But then when you've got a partner and they carry the tent... Mm. It's a lot easier. So from that point of view, to carry a sack, I find it very difficult. Yes, I'm very fit. Mm. It's been from that point of view. You're, you're doing it... Uh, are you doing it together? Yeah. It's lightweight together. To, but your sack's not... You're not taking a tent this time, yeah. are you? No, so it's fairly lightweight. It's sort of date, was it? It's not to me, no. <laughs> oh, right. That's not to say. It's not at all that. lightweight. No? No, it's, it's really... I find it really hard. Really? Yeah, and I carry a lot of water. I mean, some days I carry as much as four litres of water because I need to take water and salt, otherwise I go dizzy. It's an imbalance I have. Mm-hmm. So I, I find that difficult because we're not going high enough for, for the streams, I feel. Of course, yeah. Not every yeah. day, but yeah. I mean, there are days, you know, when you will be high. Yeah. Yeah. You never know, do you? Right. But have you enjoyed it, though, for, for as much as it's been tough? Yes, yes, yeah, we've had a lot of laughs, haven't we? So tell me some of the stories, then, some of the places you've been or people you've seen. It's an enormous estate. We came off the hill in um, Gerlocky. And uh, it was the most fabulous house and huge... They created gardens from the hillside, basically. Large gardens. It was the size of a small park. And as we walked through the garden, feeling a little bit sort of that maybe we're not shouldn't... We knew we, we were OK, but nevertheless, you feel as if you are walking through somebody's garden. And we saw a man and a woman. They were both working in the garden with their dogs. And we stopped to chat. And I'd noticed there's a new pond, they'd put new plants in, and they were all taking up quite nicely. 
So I complimented her in her beautiful garden and said the plants were, you know, the, the pond was taking off very well. And she said, oh, yes, she said, but we have four, looking round rather vaguely. We've got four ponds here. She'd forgotten where they all were. <laughs> so we, we left that. We went through huge deer gates out onto the public road. And then we had, then we had a sit down and a cup of coffee. Well, a cup of coffee, a drink of water. I'm sure a lot of people also, um, because I know you've, you've been... Have you been lodging it and bed and breakfasting it all, breakfast, all the way over? Yeah. Anything that's there, hotel, whatever's there. Yeah. And so I'd be interested to hear what your thoughts on, on the accommodation's been, because we've certainly experienced quite a mixed bag. Very much so. The yeah. first two nights, the food, I wouldn't have given it to a dog. Oh. Where, where was that? That was um, RSA, where we stopped. No, it was, it was in the RSA Hotel, actually, where we didn't stop. We stayed in the b But it was the RSA Hotel where we had a meal. It was just very ordinary. It was school dinners, you know. Oh, dear. I ate it because it was there, no page, but, but um, it wasn't fantastic. But uh, we stayed in the B&B in Arisag, which was very pleasant, but overpriced at £27. So it was a hotel, £37.50. Log Island, I agree, but it was a nice hotel. But we've made up for it since, haven't we? So tell me some of the good stories, then, some of the uh, ones oh. that have caught you by surprise. Oh, Gail Lockie, private house, B&B, private house. Go new back build, there again. New build, in quite a large piece of land, as they often are, but it looked stark. It looked sort of totally sterile because around the house was gravel and around the gravel was lawn and around the lawn was a fence, nothing else. But the view was incredible of the Ben and all those hills because this was at Gerlocky. And you went in the house and it was absolutely breathtaking. They yeah. had it built themselves to of their own design. It was virtually all open plan on the ground floor. It was all bleached oak, all oak. The floor was true oak. And beautiful balustrades, windows all the way around. The hall went up to it, the yeah. We had a gallery. We had oh, a gallery. Wow. Oh, it was just it, it was magnificent. Twenty-two pounds bed and breakfast. It was on suite. You know, the which, quality which of the furniture. Well, the night before, that was unusual. The railway carriage. Now that was. Oh yes, the railway carriage. Yes, at Dunfin, and that was interesting. Yes, yeah. yeah, that was interesting. It was the railway carriages. I remember when I was a child. Yeah. Went, yes, he went over Glendon and turned right uh, down yeah. to the road. Yeah. So basically, I, yeah, I know three sides of the school. Yeah, yeah. You know, we could have walked along the road. Right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we came down at Corrie Hall, yes. And the, we, we, we met a ranger there who said, hello, ladies, he said, or girls or something quite flattering. And he said, he started to say, I'm interested in fires. And I said, we're not camping. We're not camping. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he said, um, he, he was a ranger, obviously, it was his, he was looking after mm. the estate. He said um, he'd heard that there, there were some fires further over, and we told him that the day before, which was Friday, two o'clock-ish, crossing from Glen Beesdale over the tops, over into Glen Mama, I turned around and said, oh, that looks like mist, and that you could just smell it. It was actually smoke. Mm. So there was obviously a fire over there, so he was oh, quite interested. He did that to chat to us. Well, no, he said <laughs> that he... He was a flirt, that's what you're saying. Well, <laughs> I don't think he was that interested enough to be joking. You know, he was a lot younger than us. But, yeah, he was very pleasant. Yeah. Uh, and any other accommodation uh, that's well, sort of halfway across now that's, uh, that's uh, well, oh, been very fabulous, pleasant? Fabulous, uh, fabulous bunkhouse at uh, Fort Augustus, mm. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. more ex-bossy. Absolutely stupendous, yes. Mm. Definitely go there again. It, it was just so pleasing. Everything was so pleasing. It was all clean and bright and new, and the bathroom was gorgeous. And there were cages under the beds, you know, you mm. put a padlock on and knock if you were staying there. And the kitchen had everything. Tea bags, coffee, sugar, milk, milk mm. drinking chocolate, 
Cadbury's drinking. Not a cheapo. Mm. And was that uh, fairly cheap as well? Fairly expensive. So it is possible to do this then and, and actually um, have some good accommodation. It's just oh, trying yes. to sort out the good ones from the bad ones, isn't well, it? Well, yes, yes. I mean, you pick with a pen from the, you know, the hostel list and um, hope for the best. But, you know, it's, it's a bed, it's, it's a roof, it's not expensive. So you just take them, you know, as they come, really. Mm. And then tomorrow night we're in um, Balacroix Hostel. Again, it's from the list. And she seems very helpful and very pleasant. And she's even got a brochure. So they sort of do group, you know, group parties, mm. etc. Um, rather like Morag's Lodge do, because there were two big minibuses outside and there were groups going in. So they, they do not They weren't noisy. It was just no. lovely. But I think it's a good time of year to do it. Mm. Because, like here, it's not crowded. Mm. We've got a room to ourselves tonight yeah, again, you know, yeah. and in season, there's a lot of tourists here. You wouldn't get that, would you? No, so that's very good. But yes, it's our mixture. So we've got the independent hostel tomorrow, and then we're in Braemar Youth Hostel for two nights, and then the bunkhouse at Clover, which I haven't been in. I've been in the pub. I've stayed in the hotel, which is absolutely gorgeous. They've got baths, huge baths, tops that come out like Niagara. <laughs> <laughs> There's something to look forward to. All the showers have been pretty good, haven't they? Oh, yes, yes. We haven't had any that come and go, have we? No. No, we've had the showers, showers you know, come hot. But we've had, um, Morris probably had fantastic showers. Mm. So, you know, all in all, so far, it's uh, it's easy to do this oh, yes. uh, on, a, on a bed and breakfast, come hostel, come... Well, yes, it's yeah, easy but, to organise. But, the, but the, difference is, the, the difference is that the people that, that can camp, can, if they're tired, can stop. Yeah. We can't stop. We've got to go on. And I don't think that's easy. And have you had an occasion where you really would like to have stopped? No. So far, so good. No. I won't have one of them. Uh, Friday the 19th I have to check the date now it's got to that stage which is always a good sign um, and uh, we've had a fine fine start to the day we um, uh, rested yesterday as, as you know um, I felt a bit guilty about it but we really did need it and uh, I think all we did was sleep and eat really um, and relax and check our feet out and all the rest of it had a chat with Barbara and Sue um, uh, sort of chilled out really for the afternoon, read the papers, and then um, up early this morning. Really got going early, um, as a, a proper day really. So 7:30, and we headed out of um, Kingusi at 7:30, uh, and hammering through um, what's the name of the place? Uh, Drumguish. Uh, went straight through the forest to Belaguish, and then we turned left, and we've now joined the River Feshi. Uh, the objective of the exercise today, if we can, is to actually go all the way around the north side of the um, the mountains and come through the Larigru. Um, it's a big one because most people normally just do from here to the start of the Larigru, but uh, we're in fine, feeling in good form. We've just got our first brew of the day going. We're just munching on our chocolate bars that we've topped up with in the shops. Um, and uh, everything's looking good. I think we actually wade the river at some stage. We might try and cut a bit off by wading the river, but but uh, we'll leave that to, to circumstances. But we've seen some nice variety of wildlife. There's the marshlands round the barracks outside um, Kingusi. Uh, we met a, 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 a bird watcher, bird spotter there, and he was telling us about um, various birds that were out, um, rows of which he's going to tell us. 
mostly uh, lapwings and curlews, although there were quite a few others that he knew of, which I was unaware of. Also said the last of the geese before they fly south. Um, so, uh, yeah, there's plenty to spot if you yeah. know what you're looking for. Yeah, definitely. But it's a nice, nice um, area, that. Anyway, so that's a, just a brief update. Uh, we just have our brew. It's um, 11.20 now. The objective of the exercise is to be, if we can, round by the Cairngorm Club footbridge by about three o'clock-ish. And if we've cracked it by three and we're still in fine fettle, then we've just got the 500-metre climb then to go up to um, the Larry Grew. And I know there are various people camping on the other side of it, so if we're up for it, we're going to give that a blast and go through there. So... We'll keep you up to date. cracking day we had yesterday we really motored um, I'm not too sure what, exactly what the distance we did but I must measure that when we get back but we um, came from um, Kingussi uh, all the way through the uh, the forest as uh, I previously mentioned uh, past the two lochs Loch Gamma I think it is and, and Eileen um, round to the Kengorn Club footbridge and then straight up the Larry Gru um, going really well the weather was on our side just a few um, few uh, rain flurries um, but on the whole it was fairly pleasant sort of uh, walking day great terrain so many different things we did long long climb at the Larry Grew got through the Larry Grew to the pools of D um, at about seven o'clock so it was about eleven and a half hours and then the clouds went very very black indeed and it was a case of shall we struggle down for another couple of k probably in the rain or shall we pitch the tent um, and uh, a group decision was made and we pitched the tent and aren't we glad we did because within 10-20 minutes it was heaving down and it would have been pretty unpleasant to try and scramble over these rocks to get down from um, from the Larry Guru. So we spent the night, uh, a fairly uncomfortable night it has to be said because there's not exactly much in the way of um, area to pitch the tent uh, up here. Um, it's very, very lumpy but we managed to squeeze in between a few rocks and, um, and uh, have a fairly fitful night. Um, we've got a beautiful view uh, we're actually pitched between the two pools at the moment and we're looking uh, straight out in fact if I just undo that looking straight out across um, the southern pool of D uh, across some more rocks into thick mist and just make out uh, Devil's Point I think it is so uh, today we're into Braemar and, and battling on uh, to join the celebrations uh, but I just wanted to update everybody on uh, on where we were. But um, on the whole, not too bad. A bit of a disturbed night's sleep. Um, it's still raining, but um, fairly mildly. So we decided to pack the tent up and get going. And it's uh, what time is it now? It's uh, half past seven. So we've had some uh, had some oat cakes and cheese and a cup and a brew of tea. And we're just arguing about packing up really in the rain. But that's what you do. <laughs>
we've come down from the uh, the pools of D, um, and uh, we've just made it to Derry Lodge, sitting here in the trees by the uh, by the by the river. Um, came past Karoo Body, um, and there was I think there was a work party going on there, wasn't there? Yeah, there seemed to be uh, quite a lot of activity there. And it seemed more than just your walkers. Yeah, there, there looks there's a look like a wagon that's parked um, just over on the uh, nearest here on Derry Lodge. So I think they're part of the work party. Um, we came through Glen Lubig, um, and as soon as we got down, sort of uh, down to what the 600, 500 metre mark, it was, it was actually a bit better, wasn't it? Weather-wise, it sort of eased up very quickly. Yeah, it's not, it's not so bad. It's quite nice down here, actually. Yeah, the wind, it's, it's great. I need a rest after that last river crossing. The Lubig Burn was a lovely river to cross, and we've refreshed our feet. What are you complaining about? Well, only the fact that we found out there's a bridge about a kilometre further up. Well, I knew there was a bridge. I just couldn't be bothered to walk the extra K to go, go to it. It's only because those guys told us, then you've been berating me ever since. Well, I suppose it did refresh the feet. Well, it sounds like we've missed the party as well. We've just seen a, another couple of guys camping, and they said there was a whole gang of... Uh, well, presumably there were challengers. Um, challengers camping in the trees last night, so um, we're, we're not far behind them, but I think they're going to make it to the Bar of the Five Arms long before we do. Uh, and really, we sort of... Braemar's a bit of a... Although technically we've only been going just over a week, it's it's almost the beginning of the end. Um, I know Rose realises we've probably got a week to go, but it's sort of psychologically you've got Braemar and then you've got Locality and then you're into Sheelamark and then you're into Tarfside and then it's sort of like the end. Um, so well, I, I keep thinking of it as halfway. You know, it, you keep saying oh it's the beginning of the end, but I, I suppose because it's my first crossing, to me it's just halfway. We've still got as far to go. Yeah, and when have you have you enjoyed it so far? Oh, it's a difficult one. I've sort of been thinking about this because I know people are going to ask me when I get home and when I finish what I think. And and what's really struck me is what a privilege to be able to walk across a landscape. I mean, how often do you get that opportunity? And just to notice um, the subtle changes. Uh, for example, when we started on the West Coast, there was a tiny little blue flower, which I, I must look up when I get home. I think it might be a gentian. And I thought, I'll take a photo of it. And I didn't see it again. Um, and, and, I mean, now, looking at this glen that we're in, it is so beautiful. Uh, and yet up at Larry Guru last night and up in the pools of Dee again, it's got, it's got its own magic and majesty. So it's just a, a fantastic opportunity to, to be in a, this sort of landscape. So it, it's brilliant. I, I love it. Yeah, it's, it's nice. It's also nice to get away from the wallpaper of life. All the stuff that uh, is in our rucksack is all we need. And uh, I've actually re- really enjoyed it, really appreciated it more this year than I think previous years. Uh, I don't know why, whether it's just sort it's of circum... <laughs> Absolutely. I couldn't have appreciated it as much without you. <laughs> I wouldn't have been allowed to. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been good. It's been good. It's really enjoyable. It's a shame about the weather. The weather could have been a bit brighter. That would have been nicer. That would have made it nicer. And I think, we've, I think in all honesty, I made a, probably a couple of mistakes, and that was the food... Although we've dried everything and we, we, we've dried the luxury items and had, you know, puddings and the things. The meals have been great. Actually. Have been great. It's breakfast we've, yeah, we've made a mistake tired. on, wasn't it? Um, and I think that was really part of the panic in, in actually packing the rucksacks before we went. I think it, it, it's also um, the weather hasn't been... We thought we'd be able to stop a lot more to, to, you know, have a cup of soup or have noodles and things at lunch times. And, and to be honest, neither of us felt inclined to stop. We perhaps pushed on more because of the weather or because we wanted to get on further or whatever. So I think, you know, there's been a couple of days, certainly I've been running on empty. 
Um, yeah, I, w- I would agree with you. That, that's yeah. that's been definitely the mistake. I, I mean, we brought lots of power bars and um, and uh, what gorp. else? The gorp, yeah, lots of gorp and dried and fruit. Dried food, and we did have uh, muesli two or three days, yeah. which which has lifted us. I mean, we noticed yeah, the difference, didn't we, when you had it? So, advice to anybody would really be to plan a good breakfast. And I think the second mistake, um, and it's always a mistake you make out of enthusiasm, is perhaps the days have been too long. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of days we've done 12 hours, 11 and a half, 12 hours, and that's a long day. Well, we just haven't taken time to sort of sit back. I mean, we've we've stopped during the day for a half an hour for a brew and whatever, when we can, when the weather's like, but the, the weather hasn't really allowed us to sort of sit back and admire the, the view we just sort of yeah. kept plodding on and you tend to push yourself too hard um, and I do enjoy the camping I must admit I really do enjoy the camping and there's only been one or two times it's actually been we've had time to put the tent up and socialise with a few people yeah no, yeah. from, from your description I thought that would happen a lot more than it has and um, mind you have done a couple of wild camps somewhere that have been really wild because of the weather so for enforced yeah. yeah but they've been they've been good I mean we've you know, you're unscathed. You come through it. It's like you know what you can deal with. The gear's working well. Um, so, uh, you in the mood for a party tonight then? Well, I don't think a beer or two would go amiss. <laughs> well, we're going to. In the um, meantime, we'll have a, a cup of tea. Have a cup of tea, yeah. Um, so we'll um, we'll get down to to Braemar tonight and hopefully catch up with everybody and see what's happening in the five farms that den of iniquity on a Saturday night. challenge can be as lonely or as social a trip as you wish to make it. There are various spots where routes go through a bottleneck and Braemar is probably the biggest one of them. Get there on a Saturday night and you will witness the bar of the Five Arms heaving with as many challenges as they can fit in. Some people avoid it like the plague. Others perhaps call in for a quick one or more. I've never been there on Saturday, so I was curious to see what it was like. I found it heaving with a hundred or so challengers, sharing stories, making friendships and carbo-loading with a few ales. But before too much was consumed, I managed to speak with Caben Chamberlain, who told me where his challenge had started from. Uh, Plockton. From where? Plockton. Plockton. Yeah, nice little village there. Yeah. And was it fairly easy to get to? For me, because I've come all the way up from Oxford, so I, I eventually realised if I flew to Inverness and then got the train to Plockton, it's a really quick journey. All oh, right, OK, that sounds good, because, I mean, most of the time it's fairly hard to get to actually the start point. Yeah, well, last year we took the train to Glasgow and then train to Oberon. It's, it's a horribly long journey, but, but this, going the other way around, yeah. worked brilliantly. Excellent. And was there many people starting from there? Four of us. OK. The, the slow man and Phil and another guy and me... <laughs> Yeah, so we have a nice train journey just to, you know, down a pub with two of us. Okay. Yeah. And so um, did you all sort of go your separate ways fairly quickly or did you sort of share the similar routes for the first couple of days? Um, I didn't see the others, actually, for a few days. I, I, I took a totally different route. Yeah. So here we are in, in Braemar. Just give us a gist, just a rough gist of the route you've taken to, to get here. Um, from Plockton, south over the, the forest to Dorney, and then up the valley, not quite up the falls of Glomash, but just bypassed it around north. And then I did the um, Munros, which are fantastic, all covered in snow. Really, really great. 
um, but it got a bit late, so I didn't do the last one. I've turned back. Eventually found my path, which I had to cross one of those um, where the snow comes right off the side of the slope. I had to actually cross it oh to pick up the path, which is quite funny. And I, I actually noticed one pair of footsteps going diagonally across the snow. So I followed those, and about 10 foot from the end, I thought, God, it looks like that person slid down the last 10 to 15 foot. So, whoa! <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> so you joined them? Yeah. That was good. Excellent. Um, the, um, we, we met coincidentally uh, last year, and you're in a group of four. Yeah. Um, this time, obviously, you're on your own. Yeah. Uh, how have you, fa- have you found it? Because you were just saying that it was a different sort of experience to what you anticipated being on your own. Yeah, I, 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 was, I was just worried about you know, getting low spirits when, when the weather's bad. But so far, it's, it's, the weather's been holding out quite nicely. I've really enjoyed it. And I've just been able to push myself to my own limits rather than being a little bit held back and still having a bit of oomph to spare at the end of the day. And it, it just meant I, I could do the Munros, go through the snow, which I couldn't have done with the group. So I did enjoy that very much. And I, because of the route I planned and stuff, I have actually met a lot more people than I did last year. And so you found it sort of uh, almost more sociable than last year? A lot more sociable, yeah, yeah, definitely. And I've actually chosen to walk with people um, for at least the last few days, which has been a lot of fun. And uh, you were saying a few minutes ago, you actually had the option to pull back and do your own thing, should yeah, you want to? If, if the group's a bit too slow, you're going ahead, if they're too quick, you just let them go by. So you, you kind of have more flexibility. Yeah. Excellent. Um, and uh, ge- gear-wise, you know, what sort of weight are you carrying? And, and uh, have you, you know, cut right back to the bone at all? Have you got a few luxuries? I, I, I'm one of the um, heavy but comfortable brigade. Right, luxuries. Uh, luxuries. I've got a hugely spacious tent, the Hilberg Nello, which I'm six foot six, so I like having my space. I like to spread everything out. And I'm also um, developing a reputation for my cheese and pickle sandwiches. <laughs> I've got a loaf of bread, a block of cheese, butter, and a, and a tub of Branston pickle. That's right, because we met in Fort Augustus, and you were yeah. saying that you survived on sandwiches the previous yeah. year, and it was a good yeah. idea. In fact, you inspired me, because we then, from Fort Augustus, we went, right, we're going to go, let's try this sandwich idea. And yeah. it worked a treat. Lightweight Bob goes, goes heavyweight. <laughs> well, it was more a case of, well, let's just take sandwiches and just have a change yeah. of diet, to be fair. Well, it is nice. It's better than those oat, oat cakes, dry yeah. biscuits that people cheese, have, yeah, Premier cheese. Yeah, and no, I like a bit of real food. Excellent. So we're, we're in Braemore now. What's, what's the plan for the next few days? Half day tomorrow, up to Lockalata Lodge. I've heard that's uh, Another the place to be. Yeah, and then if the weather's okay, up over Loch Nagar, taking the Munros there, then through Tarfside, Charbothy, Federeso Forest, finish it under Castle. Excellent. You do realise the weather forecast is zero tomorrow and minus one I, snow on Monday? I had heard that, yes. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do yet. Well, I'll decide in the morning. Excellent. Well, thanks very much. Best of luck on the rest of the trip, anyway. Cheers. The well-known Terry Leyland was also in the gathering, and before the night got too late, I asked him what it felt like to walk for the first time with his son, Stefan. Yeah, I've I've looked forward to that, uh, because... because I've done it for quite a few years, this, and I've always loved the challenge, you know. And you look at places, you get to places, and you you think, oh, I'd just love to bring... You know, your son and stuff like that, you know, and uh, 
it's just certain situations you get into and you think, oh, wouldn't it be nice to show? Because you've always had mates with you and all that, but sometimes with a five, you've got a son, you mm. kind of that way, isn't it? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Share it with your family is uh, something, di- son, something you know, different. Because he used to go working with me uh, when he was a kid up to about 12. Uh, possibly, I think we went to Edel possibly every weekend for about four years. The same walk over Kinder, downfall and back. And then about 12, he suddenly changed and went, oh, you know. It wasn't cool just, anymore. It wasn't cool anymore, you see. And since then, we've not done any walking, you know. And uh, a couple of years ago, when it was my me, me 60th birthday, we we uh, just talking, we had a few beers and all that, and said, how about it? And he went, go on, go on, all right, like, you know. And, uh, and that's you it. got witnesses, so that was that was, and that that was, was it, okay. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, that was it. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, so, um, just a brief uh, intro. Then, uh, where did you start from, and how's it been to get to Braemar? Right, we started from Glenelg, which was a, a story on my part because I missed a train on the first morning, which knocked all the uh, the dominoes down straight away. You see, okay. so it was my challenge from was from uh, some from Salford Crescent to get to my start point because I was then an hour and a half behind Okay. and all my connections had gone, you see, so that was my connection, which then worked out quite fine. You know, from Glenelg onwards, very good. Weather was great. Yeah, it's been fabulous the first few days. Weather was great it? the first yeah. day. I wanted to do a Munro on the second day, Skirna Skeen, just on the end of the uh, Falcon Ridge, which was a bit of a milestone for me because it was my 200th Munro. Okay, um, getting close then. So I'm getting close. Not racing. It's 20 year hobby. Not rushing. It's just been a nice, a nice hobby to do, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's great to get on skin and skiing uh, for my 200th and Stefan's first. Yeah, okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. So nice. that was that was another great gooding, you know. Yeah. Uh, pull up to it was because it was hot and all. It was good. It was good, yeah. you know. Next day. Uh, Fine, we dragged him over two more Munros to uh, to Taft, to uh, the, uh, Tom Doon Hotel. Right. And, you know, then his feet started to leave. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so I mean, I, I know he's not a great walker, I mean, no. although he has been walking with him in the past. Yeah. And uh, I gather you gave him certain advice which he chose to ignore well, uh, as regards his frying pan and various other bits and bobs he brought with him. Any other, any other instances that have... Um, come to note that made you chuckle you know as dads do uh, I don't think he's carried as much whiskey as he should have <laughs> no I think he's done I think he's done quite well actually it's a, we had a bit of discussion on his boots when he, when we was, when he was buying his boots and I said you know you've really got to you've really got to spend some money on the boots and have a look I mean, anyway he went, he went on his own and went on eBay and bought these boots off him and he said oh they're great boots but I was a little bit perturbed on that because, I don't know, you need to take some advice on, you know, and he's got sore feet, so, otherwise, I think he's fine, he's fine, you know, his gear's okay, he's done okay. He's managed to write. Now, I mean, with the number of crossings you've got under your belt, you know, somebody wanted, uh, what would you, to your mind, what's a really nice route to take across? Because, I mean, you must have started in most starting places. If for a sort of a real picturesque introduction to something like the challenge, what would you say was a nice route to take? A good starting point. Not really, no. I mean, Shield Bridge is good in South Kintel Ridge, go that way. 
don't know. Uh, Canon is quite good because you can go then Glen Affric way. It's really hard to say which is the, the, the good scenic route because they're all good scenic yeah, routes. Yeah, was... The best one for, a, for the first challenge is Malag. Malag in Varey. Yeah. I'm going through going through the off to Suleys, Glendesserie and Wait Your I think that is a classic one. Mm. You know, through Glendesserie, King Brake, Tom Doon, Wait Your that, that is a that is a, I think that's a, the best classic route. Mm. That one. Um, and I know you're the man that knows about outrageous stories and things that have happened over the last few years. And I've I've heard about you nipping out to the spa shop from from a a body and coming back confused where you left the spa bag. But um, any particular stories that come to mind as being one that uh, sticks in your mind as being one of the funniest? Right, I'll tell you one. Right, okay, I'll tell you one. On my first challenge, well, I didn't know. In them days, you didn't you didn't really you didn't have a, a site to go on. So you only found information off people who had done it before, and that was not really forthcoming. So I started from Malay because I, I seen a picture in the magazine, a black and white picture, and I thought, yeah, Malay. I didn't know when you started, Friday or Saturday, anyway. I started on Saturday, but when I got to Malay, I found out that there was no boats going round to Inveray on Saturday. So then it was my challenge to get round. And I found a, uh, a guy in a pub who, who was the factor on the other side. He was over on a Saturday night for a good drink. Anyway, I met a range for him. I got, I got round. So I managed to get, after that, I got over like, I managed to get to Suley's. I walked round to Kimbrake. Right? But from Suley's, my day then was to Tom Doon. And the Ukabaka was going to Tom Doon. So I got to Kimbrake, and they all said in the buffet, you can't go, it's too far. It's too far, you know, but... My route was Kimbrake, and they knew the river was up. It was down to the river, and it was like such a shock because it was running so high, I couldn't get over it. You know, I walked up, walked down, tried to pass it with my stick, nothing. <laughs> right, and I came back, I got the next day. Now, Tom Doom was a good night. Next day, I went over to Monroe, and then I got towards Lagan Locks, and I was going to camp up, and, it, and what it was, I thought, well, I can't camp anywhere, I'd better go and rest someday, so I went to the farm, just down the road, and it was raining, it was bouncing. I went through this farmyard with dogs running at me, I knocked on the farm door with water coming off my hood, and I opened this door, and this guy opened it, and I said, hello, hello, uh, I'm, I'm walking this challenge, and uh, I'd like to camp on your field, if it's possible, and he went, hey, hey, what do you want to do? I said, you can't but uh, how long for? And I went, no, just, just one night. And I was stood outside of this porch, and it was all coming on my head like this. And he went, well, how long for? I said, just one night. He went, all right, I know, many. I said, just, just me, like. And he went, OK, well, I'll charge you, you know. I went, no, that's OK, that's fine. He said, it'll be 50p. <laughs> so I went, OK. So I thought, oh, my wallet's in me, so I dropped it off. Got his fiver out, he went, Oh, I've no change, but a tree. The next minute, this other guy came out, which I think was his son, which is like eight foot tall, and put this money in my hand, and I thought, Oh, look at this here, like, you know. And then, then the fatal mistake then, I asked for, I said, Do you have a can of milk or anything? And, oh, we don't have any coos here, are we? Away with you, it's coming. Next minute, this woman come running out, 
took my money out of my hand and put a can of milk in it and said, no, be away, go away, dear, go on. <laughs> that was it. I mean, damn first challenge, you know. Oh, bleeding, oh, fire. <laughs> and so um, we're in Braymore now, obviously. Look at us tomorrow. We may go tomorrow evening. Stefan's a bit bulking on it, but I say we walk a couple of miles tomorrow evening. We'll have a couple of good hours at Kellister Lodge tomorrow. Yeah. And, uh, and then you make your way over to Tarside, will you? Jock, Jocks Road, is it? Over, uh, no, no, we're going Long over to go. uh, Lottingham, then to, then to uh, Shillingamark, next day to Tarside, and then after that, we're supposed to be going to Edsel, but we've heard that there's a bit of a gathering at uh, Drumlithy, which is about 20 miles away, so we're going to try and make that. So we're thinking of having a bit of a bit of a gathering there. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> we stayed and chatted for a while, and as we had plenty of miles to do the following day, we dragged ourselves away just as the disco was setting up. From all accounts, the night got wilder and wilder, and the sight of a hundred challengers dancing to Frankie Goes to Hollywood is probably burned into the minds of the poor bar staff forever. In the next episode, we get to meet Bill and Stan at the second den of iniquity, Locality Lodge. We talk with Lee Wells en route, and on the Monday, eventually we leave Narnia and make it to Tarfside. On the way, we find out how Shirley, Lorraine and Steve somehow manage a night of free gourmet food and drink. Typical. Hey, you're listening to One Man's Podcast Across Scotland to be continued very soon. Backpackinglight.co.uk Go lighter, go faster, go further. To subscribe to our show, please follow the instructions on our website or search for us in the iTunes directory. Thank you and good night. Oh, that was good. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To hear or see more from our extensive free library, please visit theoutdoorsstation.co.uk.